Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. <laughs> I know I have a beating coming. I've been warned. I just don't know what's going to happen. It's like Peyton, go out into the yard and get some hickory switches. Well, and I'm trying know, to pick the smallest switch I can. <laughs> it's going to hurt the back of my legs. <laughs> uh, well, you know, here's the thing, man. Um, I got a whipping coming. I know it. <laughs> I don't know what I did, but because of what you didn't I do. I could have assumed you didn't see my post on Facebook, but I'm pretty sure you see all my posts on Facebook Uh-oh. and you chose not to engage in the discussion. No, no. What is this? Well, this is from a few days ago. Okay. No. So a few days ago I was in LA training planners, so I wasn't on any social media at all. Uh, okay. So you might, you might have a saving Tuesday? grace. Tuesday. I don't know. I don't know where day it was. So, um, by the way, guys, happy birthday to Pete. It's Pete's birthday today. I turned the big happy four birthday. five. Well, thank you. thank you. I had to, you know, I had to lead you into that. I had to let you know it was my birthday. I have your present too. I have oh, the best present <laughs> for up. you. No, you I and do. I are horrible at presents. Like I how have, long was I holding on to yours for like five years and then the finally history, giving it to you in the history of our friendship? There has never been a present like this. I found you. I remember I told you a few months. I'm like, I'm having a hard time not getting your present now. What is it? I can't tell you. Well, I'm never going to get it. it for you. No, I have to buy it for oh, you. Oh, You have now. to buy it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it, it'll be pretty quick. So it's uh, all I was thinking this morning. <laughs> do you remember an exponential on my birthday? I got to go. 
he wanted his birthday present. You don't understand. I got to go. <laughs> like I was so waiting for that today. It was like this internal time clock would go off and, and Pete would be there and he'd just look at me and like, he'd be like, we'd have his stuff like this. Setup. He'd be like, he'd start packing up our whole booth, you know, our whole table. I got to go. And I'm like, what's that? He's like, it's my birthday. I got to go. <laughs> You don't understand. I'm like, well, well but wait, like, we, you know, don't you want to hang out? We never see each other. Yeah, nope. I go. Do nope. you want to go to islands? Do you? Do you want to? Do you, I mean, the conference isn't over for like. I mean, we don't have to stay here. I gotta go. <laughs> Boom, in the car. Can I help you? Yeah, whatever. Just grab some stuff. I gotta go. Oh no one. I mean, you can kind of guess why, but anyway. <laughs> We'll just leave it at that. Let's just say Pete got an exclusive <sighs> birthday present. It was yeah. ne- that's only given to Pete. It's on only given birthday. to Pete. Yeah, mm. and and yeah. So Pete had to get. Y'all home. can't be church planners. Y'all's just too <laughs> carnal. Hey, Song of Solomon, baby. That's all I'm saying. There's a whole that's book. What I'm saying. There's a whole book. Hey, I work for through the word. Right. I am only thinking biblical at all times. I'm sorry, you <laughs> religious people don't think biblically. That's all I'm saying. Oh, no. But uh, so, so I, I always tease my wife. I'm like, cause she's a, she's what, like four or five months older than me. So I'm like, Hey, uh, what's it like? She's what do you mean? What's it like? Well, you know, at, at 45, what's it like? <laughs> you know, <laughs> What do I need to know? <laughs> so this morning um, she gets in the shower before me and she's getting out of the, uh, the bathroom and she's like, oh, are you awake? And I go, yeah. She goes, oh, happy birthday, Mom. Thanks. And then I go, oh. She goes, what's wrong? I go, why didn't you warn me? This is awful. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, shut up. (laughs) She hates it when I remind her uh, that she's older. No, but uh, so I had this. It is weird, Pete. I will say this. At 45, at 40, my body started letting me know, hey, dude. Yeah, you're not young anymore. warranty's, Warranty's broken, dude. Like the warranty breaks at 40. 45 though you start realizing oh no i am old like dude look like you just start you start it it catches up with you mentally at 45 you're like okay i should probably get my will in order i you know what are the what are the young folk talking about these days so it, it happens it's funny because um my screensaver on my uh tv it's it like plays the phones from my eye or the, the photos from my iPhone. And um, it's funny because I realize we've known each other for a while, but I don't realize how much we've changed. Oh my gosh. Dude. Until all of a sudden, you know, like there's a, a picture of you at the beach doing a baptism <laughs> and you got a, a black, whatever you call your, your facial goatee. I don't know what this is. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, but it's like a black soul patch. And I'm like, and I looked at Jamie and I go, that's when Peyton had a black facial hair. Because <laughs> it's like, you don't realize how much things change over the years. But And I was fit too. And a lot, like I'm looking there, I wasn't fit, but I was a lot thinner. And I'm, I, I look back and I'm like, dude. See, I look at myself the exact opposite way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I was a lot bigger. Dude. But. Yeah, so you didn't see that that whole thing on Facebook about the tattoo with me getting a tattoo? Yeah, didn't I comment on it? No, you intentionally didn't comment on it. About the Bible? Yeah. You and I texted each other, right? 
I don't know. Did we? Yeah, and remember, I kept telling you, I kept looking up. It was, re- it was. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, morning. I told you about that, but no, this was the Facebook conversation. No, I don't know. I didn't see it. So I was just making a crack, right? Because well, I. Well, let I, me say it real quick. Let me say it real quick. On no, I didn't see it. So it, Pete's like, I'm gonna roast you <laughs> so hard on this podcast. Well, because you have to understand why, <laughs> and I won't say anything too detailed. So I write is this. Is it still up? Can I go back and look at oh, it? Oh, yeah, you can look at it. Oh, yeah, you can look I, I at the chain. The chain oh, is hilarious. Oh, I got to see this. So um, <laughs> I thought it was funny, right? So I'm like leaving. <laughs> my world revolves around what makes Pete laugh. Like, that's all I ever think about is what's right. going to make Pete laugh. Right. So I write this thing on there. I'm like, hey, my wife finally said I could get a tattoo. And then she says, when is your midlife crisis finally going to end? And I go, well, not until I get a tattoo. I can tell you that. I just right. thought it was a funny See, but line. You and I had that text combo. but Yeah, yeah. we okay. had that text conversation about it. So then, <laughs> dude, like, like one of the first comments is from my dad. And he is like, oh. don't you dare get a tattoo. You're going to lead your kids down to, to hell. And like, I mean, basically that type of thing. And you're just going to be a bad parent and... And dude, it like set off this whole conversation of like, are tattoos good? Are tattoos bad? (laughs) And so I'm looking for this. I was just like, all I said was at first, all I said was, I disagree. And then my dad had to come back and like, you know, really lay into it. And, you know, what if your kids decide to get a tattoo because dad's the cool dad and he's got a tattoo and, and they get it in a place that can't be covered up. And I literally, when this is going on, I literally look over finding this. Because it's way down by this point. Oh, okay. All right. I literally look at Jamie after that and I go, you know, I have to get a face tattoo now, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> big you're really- spider, big body than the, the eight legs coming down the side of your face. Shave the head, put the tattoo on the head, grow the hair back. Oh, hey, no one knows I got it. No. So, uh, so I mean, it. I, I could have handled myself better. There's no doubt. But what was funny to me are all of the pastors. You know, here's the thing. When, when you do what you and I do, half of my, my friends on Facebook, I don't know them. Well, I'd say three quarters of them I don't know. But half of them are church planners and pastors who all have tattoos, who have like, you know, full-on sleeves and everything else. So they're going on there and like defending it. Uh, a mutual friend of ours who shall remain nameless He goes on there and like really like really defends me directly to to my dad. And then he texts me and he goes, hey, you know, I said some things to your father-in-law. And I go, "Uh, he's my father, (laughs) not my (laughs) father-in-law. And uh, he goes, should I delete it? And I go, I'd delete it. His heart's in the right spot. It's just, you know, I, I, I would delete it. And so he actually deleted his comment, but it was funny to me because of all of the pastors who went and like were defending me and defending getting a tattoo. And then there's nothing from Peyton, nothing. And I'm oh thinking, I know I've why Peyton's seen this before the Lord. I have not seen this. I was this like, is- I know why Peyton's not commenting on this. I know why. <laughs> And I just was like, I can't believe it. What would he do? Not <laughs> at all. This is the first time I've even seen this. Oh, yeah. No, it was funny. It was funny. Go Julie Mitchell. Personally, I think it's pretty cool. 
Oh my! And it was I was a funny like I just thought the the, the whole when's your midlife crisis is gonna end? Not until I get attacked. I just thought it was funny. That's Mr. Mitchell. I'll talk to him, <laughs> and I'll take him Let to me the show tattoo you the part. way. <laughs> oh my gosh! This is the man. first I've seen of it. Oh, I thought you were intentionally staying out of it. No, not at all. Oh. Not at all. I was going to roast you for staying out of it. That is. So I was like, funny. I know why he's staying out of it. I know why exactly. No, this was. Do you know what I was doing Saturday? Is that when that was? Yeah, this is Saturday. This one up. I wasn't on my social media at all. So maybe maybe I was on there on my Facebook. I didn't see this. Never saw this till just now. Yeah. Man. I see where your head's going, though. I see the math you did. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You put you put me in a very precarious, interesting, uh, what is it George Bailey says? Well, this is a very interesting situation. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Oh, oh boy. Oh, yeah. boy. Ah, Jay Zedith. You know, it's funny because uh, I went to... Refuge Long Beach is merging oh, no D.A. Horton's previous church. D.A. Horton left. Um, I, I don't really know him. I don't really know that much about him. Um, I, I think I've met him once or twice, but, um, you know, never clicked or whatever. But uh, D.A. Horton uh, left his church, went on staff at some other church, which I probably could have called that because Long Beach was going to be a hard slog. Right. That was just going to be a, a, well, a rough. Can they even old. meet? Because it's like it's Long well, Beach. So L.A. County is not like letting you do anything. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, that's a hard time to leave a church, man, in the middle of COVID. Like, I hey, see you guys. But, um, you know, the the fact is, is that, you know, his his leadership, um, apparently they're pretty cool. And uh, Terrence Brooks who years ago, like two, three years ago, I'd slotted for that's the dude to come on with Chris Langham. Well, anyways, he started a church called New Wine. He was like a predominantly black congregation in a white neighborhood. And we were, you know, predominantly, uh, uh, at the time you and I were there, it was about 50-50. But, you know, we were in a black, 50% black neighborhood. We were actually reflecting, but I remember. I don't know. Was it more... um uh, Latino or was it more black? I don't know. It was that black it was. and Latino. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely minority. I mean, it was not a white neighborhood. Yeah. For sure. and, and it definitely, it, it was really interesting. It definitely, the church really changed in the time that we were there. I mean, when we started out, we were all white people. And, uh, and I remember towards the end going, this has to, Chris is there and Chris knew I'm here for, for, a, you know, the temporary, I'm holding the door open for the next guy, which was fantastic in some ways. Um, but, you know, I remember Chris would be like, he called me up and he's like, Hey man, who, who, I mean, you said you might have some leads on other guys that can come in and take this. And, um, and you know, Terrence Brooks was one of those guys that I remember going to exponential and just saying, Lord, I'm going to bump into so many people today, please, if there's somebody there for Long Beach, please, um, who's one of the first guys I, I bump into is Terrence Brooks. And he and I had done a walk in Long Beach together. Some seminary had said, hey, 
uh, we've asked a couple church planners to walk their the city with us and tell us about their neighborhood. Would you do that? So we did. You know, we walked them through Bixby, and because those were only like two blocks apart, so we started at Bixby. I told them that story, walked them down, um, took them to Luther Burbank, talked about the church, how it developed, and then we did that with Terrence. So he had walked on to the campus, just saying, "God, I'm I'm ready to throw in the towel uh, with new wine." You know, uh, just speak to me here. And of course I bump into him like the first person he meets mm. when he comes on and we knew each other. And I start talking to him going, Hey, what's going on? You know, with, with new wine, you know, I've, I've, I've been praying about you for a few years and wondering if, you know, it, it might be worth talking about a merger. I mean, you know me, right. I, I, I don't beat around the bush on that stuff. And he was like stunned. And so he and I and Chris went out to lunch and eventually I just let them take over their own relationship. And I didn't push and they, they dropped the thread for a while and it got picked up again with through the word stuff. Chris started bringing Terrence into that. And um, by the end of it, man, I went to the coolest freaking church service on Sunday where Terrence, D.A. Horton's team, our team, everybody was together in Lakewood. So it, it has slightly shifted over, but man, I'm telling you, they, they, they're, the the DNA the mission of that church is going to be hot. Where's it going to be at? It's in Lakewood. It's it's not far from you. I mean, it's just like a couple blocks up. It's in Lakewood. It's in Lakewood. Yeah, there's a building. Everything this this church gave them this building. I don't know what the church is going to be. I mean, it's three different congregations merging together. But it was all about mission. <laughs> I mean, I I wanted to go there, you know. But the irony is, I thought, oh, Pete should be here, and I thought. But what a weird trick that God picked on, you know, played on Pete, you know, he, he wanted air conditioning and now all churches are outside. <laughs> we were just ahead of our I time. I would have preferred outside over indoor with no air conditioning. Like, oh, I'm telling you, man, there's that's a world true, of huh? difference. Yeah. And those ceiling fans are way, way, way up in there and you couldn't even feel them. Or like, like well, somebody would get up there. Somebody would come along and turn off the big mega fan because it was too cold for them. It's like, no, <laughs> no, the rest uh-huh. of us are melting. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you got big plans for the day? Great, Scott. It's time for this week. Stop uh, it. I get down Pete, to the nitty gritty. I told Pete, I said, when the, uh, he goes, what do you want to talk about today? So, well, you know, we have the place we should go, which we never, we never continue through this journey on church plantology, you know, kind of talking about my new textbook coming out. Do you know I have a textbook, Pete? Cha-ching! Yeah, cha-ching! Church plantology, cha-ching! You can actually pre-order it today on uh, Amazon.com. Just type in church plantology or yours truly, and it will come up. And uh, it's a big book. It's not a cheap book. It's also not very expensive, actually. But uh, there's an Audible coming out, Pete. Is it? Who's doing it? I don't know. Can you get the same guy who did Yoda? I would love. Excuse me. I'd love to. I don't want to do it. Um, I, I get cotton mouth. You know, I have a, a slight speech impediment. So I mean, you do I, a I podcast, so you'd think you'd be able to do something as simple you'd as think. A, I mean, I do through the word. I just finish second chronicles first and second kings i mean you'd, you'd think like i talk for a living but uh i don't want to do my own book you know 
Yeah, Church Zero yes. would have been the funnest book ever to read. And that dude nailed it. Um, Reaching the Unreached, I think I would have done that one. I would have loved to have done that one. Uh, but Church Plantology, I don't know, man. Like, that's going to be a hard one. Mm. You know, I was kind of shocked to see it, actually, that that's one of the four. So they've got hardback and then they've got um, audiobook. And nobody's talking to me about it. So, you know, they haven't even given me the option. I think they're like, yeah. Don't ask Peyton to do that. Yeah, he won't get it done in time. That's really what they're thinking. Probably. I mean, with all the other crap I got going on, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I got a new gig, everybody. I'm through the word. Um, I, I'm doing that right now. So, it's pretty cool. It's cool. I think gig. it's great that they're able to um, actually pay their staff because Dude. they don't have a a revenue model. It's all donation based, right? Dude, they're getting 120,000 downloads a day. Wow. Yeah. Why can't we get that? <laughs> <laughs> why doesn't like, why doesn't that like, many people listen to the podcast? Like, like here's the thing. We're we're addressing the We've been doing this refuge. for 8 years. Come on. We should at least you know, have a few downloads. Come on. After the church service and it, it was so rad, man. They were such an ethnically mixed congregation I mean, it, it, chris and i were like the token white guys there you know um but it, it was so right anyways we took our long beach team aside and we we're just kind of chatting through things and um at one at one point you know chris is really humble like he doesn't get jacked on himself he basically he said it but he says it the way chris says if you guys don't know chris langham he's a guy that um currently is a team leader at refuge long beach um he uh <clears throat> for for as long as refuge long beach exists right until it merges but um which has not officially happened but um chris was just talking to them and he was just saying like he was kind of explaining hey you know this is this is the reason like one of the things is you know our leadership we need more we need more people on our team and what what chris was trying to say is i'm more the teacher and I was here holding the door, you know, but I'm not apostolic. Terrence is apostolic. And he goes and, you know, um, he was just throwing out there that the cool thing for me is I've been able to train up so many teachers here. Um, but he said, you know, it's going to sound arrogant. Like if most people said this, it would sound arrogant. But the way that when Chris says it, it sounds like he's just giving glory to God. Like this started with him and his son editing video clips, I mean, uh, audio clips, but he goes, yeah, right now, if we downloaded um, or, or if we held a live event for this, he goes, the biggest stadium in the world couldn't hold all the people that are going through the app every day. Now kind of put it in perspective, like, whoa, you know, you know, and uh, like, if you go to you version today, you know, that little Bible app on your phone, just a little, uh, cool thing. Some of you guys might want to hear. Um, I do a, uh, a study on prayers, Bible basics explained, um, which when you're apostolic, new believers are kind of a big deal. Um, train up new believers are a big deal. So, uh, but there's, I, I do one on, on prayer and it's right there, like on the, on the main page. So, um, that's, that's, I mean, they're, they're killing it right now. And it is honestly, for me as a guy who preaches a lot, or used to preach a ton and don't anymore. I mean, I, I go to church, you know, I, I, I listen to other people preach. It's helping me kick out my jams, man. It's, 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 it's definitely very fulfilling to me. That's cool. But yeah. So into, uh, 
my night. Do you have any more smack? I was just trying to think if I did. Um, I, you know, I got lots of little things going on in my life, none of which I think any of these listeners would care about. That doesn't but, matter. That never matters, Pete. We really never let that hold us back. It really doesn't. I'm uh, a. <laughs> I'm doing a. Uh, I'm starting a new deal. We're gonna have a new sponsor here. Iron on Iron yeah. Fitness Club, baby. I saw that that you guys were um, America's Fitness um, Club. We're changing it to Iron on Iron Fitness. Club. Yeah, that's cool. You know what? I I thought about like if I didn't know you better, I would just think you only got fit. To, to sell things. And I know that's definitely <laughs> Dude, not why. Well, I, I'm but like, it is the best marketing ever for what you're doing is you. Well, that's totally like, I, I was talking with Wayne cause Wayne's my, my, uh, my partner and the guy who coached me on a lot of the, the weight loss stuff. For those of you who haven't been listening to the podcast, I've dropped about 120 pounds of fat and added about 25 pounds of muscle. Um, I mean, so, night and day. Yeah, night and day. Night and day. Yeah. And um, you know how we used to have those talks and you're like, oh, I could for sure take you. And I'd be like, no, I don't know about that. And uh, you're like, oh, I could for sure. And I'm like, I don't know. No, I'm like, yeah, for sure. Come on, baby. <laughs> come on. Let's, let's pull that little guy out there. Come on. Come on, buddy. Uh, you know, I don't want to be on the other side of those haymakers. I'm just telling you. No. So anyway, my buddy. Get Wayne. the battleship, by the way. Get the <sighs> battleship. Do, do, do. So when you flex a fire. Popeye cartoon. So man. great. He's so great. I tell you, if they boom, can boom, make boom, you just you just to say boom boom. Technology has got to reach the, the Bible. Point. Did you tell your dad it was the Bible? Well, somebody else asked. Somebody else goes, Well, what are you gonna get? And I go, I'm gonna get my favorite verse, which is Psalm 16 2. I have I and he goes, I thought you would have put in like a skull and crossbones, and I'm hey, like, that'll be my second tattoo. I'm gonna give you the best birthday present on your birthday today. Psalm 119. It's in the first 16 verses. I don't know which one. He says, you have engraved your precepts upon my heart. Boom, baby, right there. So so should I get that a little chest tattoo as well? Get that verse <laughs> and then get the verse you want. And when he does that, just pull your shirt open and go right there, baby, right there. Well, well, uh, when I was asking Jamie to get permission, because she's the only reason why I haven't gotten a tattoo. She's like, you're not getting a tattoo. You're not getting a tattoo. Right now that we've been married 20 years, I guess I finally yeah, reached yeah. the point where I can get a tattoo. So when I was asking her, I go, uh, can I, I mean, can I get a tattoo? I was asking her again, right? You know, just sales, salesmanship is you should keep asking <laughs> until you eventually get the answer you want. <laughs> it's only taken me 20 years. And she goes, a good salesman. She goes, well, can I get a purse then? And I go, yes, <laughs> you're getting a purse. <laughs> Cause that used to be what she'd do. I'd go but out and buy, thing I'd go buy a gun and she'd go buy a purse. And then I go, well, uh, what do I got to do to get a sleeve? Is that like a Louis Vuitton luggage set? <laughs> I might need to save up for that, but okay. I go, wow. What kind of purse is this? And Pete's like, we don't ask. <laughs> don't care. Doesn't matter. I got my tattoo. She can get whatever the heck she wants. That's cute, though. It's cute that she went, well, can I get a per Like, that's just cool, man. You guys got a, that's a cool relationship. Yeah, no, it is. No doubt. And then, and then it was funny because then all that stuff happened, you know, online with, uh, with my dad and whatnot. And so last night, 
we're, we're laying in bed and I just go, so can I get a tattoo? <laughs> like I was asking again, like just, just checking that she hadn't changed her mind. She doesn't say anything. And we start talking about something else. And then like five minutes later, I go, so can I get a tattoo? I noticed she didn't answer me the last time. Wow. <laughs> And she's laughing. She's like, yes, fine. You can get a tattoo. Oh, so funny, dude. So funny. I turned my fan on. I don't mean, know if it's too loud or making a weird noise. I'll turn it off. I'm I didn't on. hear it. I didn't hear it on this. So um, I want to go yeah, get it so, today. You know, my 45th birthday. Go get it today. Dude. Well, hey, it's your birthday. You came And then for Paul day, Percy. Man. See, and that was the other thing, too, because like a lot of people don't know that the people who are commenting on my posts are pastors and church planners. Right. I know they are. And except for like Adam Richardson, he's like, I'm a pastor, man. And I've got all these biblical tattoos and they actually lead to conversations with people. And I get to share you the, the gospel. Picture I sent you yeah. the, the planner I was training the other day. And he had like Philippians here and it had a little verse under it. And it had Ephesians here and it had a little verse. It was rad. And they were like gang style tattoos. He's yeah. a, he's a, a planter in um, Hispanic communities, totally stealing them for a new breed. Um, he's going up to uh, the migrant camps in Ventura. He's going to plant it. He just planted this rad church in St. Louis where there was like no Hispanic churches in Missouri. He got recruited to go down there. That's awesome. And, um, but he's, he's super cool. But yeah, he had these big, I was like, Pete, get those. Paul Percy was hilarious, man. Paul Percy's like, I was just going to get one tattoo. And they call it an addiction. And now I have like, I don't know what he said, like eight or something. And he, he like sends me pictures of them all. And they're all biblical based. And then he's like, um, here, go to this guy or go to this guy. <laughs> and then he's telling me about them. He goes, it's they're, so fun, dude. Oh, dude. He goes, they're both believers. But this one over here. <laughs> oh, sick dog. Sick dog. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I should say it. But you said, yeah, I know. I know. Where, I know where you're going. So oh, dude, Paul just, Percy is in the New Breed Network. He's one of my church planners. We Paul prayed. Percy's one of the pastors that I honestly uh, respect the most. Absolutely. Because this is a guy who, first of all, he's planting in Stanton, which is the yep. ghetto, if ever there was one. Yeah. And he literally quits his job working at a, a school. I think it was a Christian school, wasn't it? So he can go take a job in the community in stanton first first he quit his job at a mega church he had been at for 20 something years quits that to go plant in a filled in swimming pool in the like nastiest hotel in stanton they loved him um you know when when because back when we were planting in long beach we used to pray about planting in stanton i just couldn't find anyone to go there but i before i even moved back um, to America, we threw new breed conferences. I threw two and that's how I met Charlie Marquez. Um, that's how I met Ruben. Funny enough. Um, Ruben was walking down the hallway and I, I said, what are you doing? He goes trying to stay out of prison. I said, well, come to this thing I'm doing. So he came, you know, and, uh, he was literally one of those guys going to the church going, do you, do you got something I can do? Like even it, this weekend in, in, uh, Lakewood, when we were doing the, um, church merger thing afterwards, uh, this family came up to me and said, Hey, here's our, uh, he's trying to stay clean. You guys got something for him to do. So for me, I'm always thinking church planner, but, um, but we used to go and regularly pray, uh, you know, Kirkover street, right? Yep. He and I would meet, um, every month in Stanton. Um, also, uh, Kurt Blake came a couple times from ECCU. Those guys are awesome. And so we would meet and, and, 
kind of tying in today's topic, because when I get to my smack talk, it, it ties in. So we're heading into the topic already, but there was literally a woman that was totally mm. possessed. Yeah. And I can't even remember now what she said, but she, she was glaring at us in the line. And I look over and I see her look and it's just a pure look of hatred. And we're just buying coffee. We haven't even gotten to prayer yet. <clears throat> and uh, she's looking just like she hates our guts. And I said to Kirk, because Kirk's a little more charismatic. I go, hey, Kirk, um, I think we got a friend over there. You know, meaning like that's 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 my Kirk, code word for demons. Like if somebody if somebody's possessed, I'll say that person's. I'll look at Andrew and say that person has some friends. Kirk, o- Kirk who? Overstreet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Kirk Overstreet. So Don Overstreet's son. Right, those yeah, of you guys yeah. have been listening a long time. You'll know. We even had Kirk on with his dad once. But um, but <laughs> Kirk, like Kirk's a guy that when I wrote the text, he's like, dude, you got to put demon possession in there. Nobody ever writes about that. And church planners are going to hit that. So we, we end up um, literally. So I say that to Kirk and he goes, oh, no doubt, bro. Because you can feel it. Mm. Anyways, while we're standing there, there's a uh, like one of these cups on, you can't see it in the screen here. There, you know, they have the, those little stands in the middle with cups. Um, they, they're trying to sell them little bags of coffee. Literally this cup, while we're sitting there looking at her, literally just goes like that and shoots off laterally. Nobody's touching her or anything. Everything goes all over the floor. Literally just goes standing right next to her. She hasn't touched it. Nothing's happened. Thing just shoots off laterally. And I'm like, oh. And I said to Kirk, I go, dude, I just saw that happen. Like I was looking, you know, um, and Kirk didn't see it. And I'm like, dude, that thing just shot off of there. So anyways, we're sitting outside. We pray um, or we're getting ready to pray. We're sitting outside with our drink on the, on the front table. And um, she turns around and she said something about you're not from God, you know, oh, something like that it was something really like she was trying to discourage us. And Kirk just looks at her and goes, Jesus loves you. He really loves you. He died for you. He wants to set you free. And she just like freaked out and took off. And, um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm telling you, it was, you know, so getting so into that my wasn't the talk. one that was in the other church building. No, this was in Stanton. Okay, like so, okay, we're so regularly this praying. This is at the Starbucks on Stanton. Because um, you had that other incident there. that happened at that other church building, and like you started to oh. go right into the oh the yeah exorcism. the ladies' room. Yeah, and you're like, can oh. I get another woman in here? Because you're like, dude, I'm in the woman's bathroom. I need yeah. So I need look, guys, I don't. Here. I don't talk about this often, um, but I the reason I told Pete, I said, look, if I if I if I do our smack talk, um, I. And you guys listening, you can pray like it'll be days after it actually happens. But like I had something kind of supernatural pop off in my room this morning um, when I first woke up and it freaked me out at first. I didn't know what in the heck was going on. Wasn't an earthquake, wasn't anything. I'm not going to talk about it because it was, it was really strange. But, um, but there has been like activity for the last few days. And I'm trying to keep mindful, you know, it says gird up the loins of your minds, uh, be alert, your enemy. Like I'm, I'm really like going into this. I know. Um, and, and it's hard because this is in a non-believing family, non-believing family's home that we've been getting close with. And they've started letting us in that, Hey, we have demonic activity. Um, they, they wouldn't say demonic. They, the, the, they've seen an apparition. Um, 
the the dad calls it the monkey lady and their hispanic mm. family he goes i i don't i at first he's like you're gonna think i'm crazy but um you know uh, i call her the monkey lady because it's like this thing that looks half creature half human and i've seen it um clear as day um it's 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 come at me um other people so like they're they're uh one of their uh, sons, the he and his wife and their baby live in a converted garage. They've started having things moving uh, in the room when nobody's moving it. Um, they've heard voices saying, I'm going to kill you. Now, they have a witch next door, which doesn't help. I remember early on, I was having a barbecue and they're like, that lady there's crazy. You know, she hates our guts and she's a witch, you know. And you kind of take that in, you know, okay, whatever. But she practices the occult. And their their room is like, you know, eight feet away from the border of her house, you know. So um, so I've been asked to go in. They've been asking for a long time, um, months actually, about six months, would you come over? And when people keep asking, like, would, would you come over and like help us out? Like, is there something you can do like a priest would do or, you know, whatever? You, you kind of go, well, yeah, I'm going to, I'll come do that. And, um, and so today, because this is the second time this year, this has happened to me. So my, my back neighbor, um, uh, came and spoke to me, um, two gay guys that live behind me. Um, he goes, Hey, I've gotten to know you. I didn't even know he's gay. And he's like, Hey, I've gotten to know you a bit. You know, he's my coolest neighbor. And he goes, uh, he goes, Hey, you know, I, I, I don't know if you're going to think I'm nuts, but we have things flying around the house and something tried to push me and my roommate down the stairs, both of us over the last month. And um, so at the end of the day, I didn't go because I, I told him, Hey, I can help and I can pray and this and that <laughs> our properties order each other. But I said, look, I said, uh, I can, um, I can come over. And he goes, thing is my roommate doesn't trust religious people at all. I don't know if I can get him to sign off on that, but, um, but, but yeah, man, like we need something. So that, that's kind of been, you know, um, I haven't asked him recently, but I've been praying into it because whatever's happened on his property affects my property. And I've had my share of things, but you know, whenever you're involved, like at Long Beach, particularly when I, when we were doing Long Beach, I had a lot more things. Whenever I'm actively planning churches, more stuff happens, like crazy stuff happens in my house. So like we're, we're talking like, I, I think I mentioned this once. One time I was talking to Andrew, I was standing in the doorway, I was getting ready to go out in my office. So I was standing there, I had a, a like cup of coffee in my hand and the way that she was on the sofa, she was sitting down on the sofa across the house, but you could see it was a really small house. I mean, 1950s beach shack. And, and I'm standing there with the coffee and I'm saying, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. We're talking about something totally inconsequential, something totally trivial, trivial. And on top of my fridge was a sparklets water, you know, those like plastic containers and it slides out straight, like at a 90 degree angle hovers in the air for like one second. And then goes, Psh! and the whole thing just bursts all over the floor. Now, if I'm thinking, man, I think. You know, come on, if, if the devil's going to do stuff, surely he's going to do more and just put water all over my floor. Like sometimes this stuff just doesn't make sense, but that's what happened. 
you know, um, I remember uh, being in my office one day and a hard drive with all my uh, messages on it, like slid across my deck, desk and slammed uh, into my bookshelf. Just, okay, you know, so I, I'm no stranger to these things. You know, it's it's something that when I'm walking close with the Lord uh, in, in on the front lines of mission, demonic activity kind of goes up. And so some of you guys will you'll notice if you're, if you're out to like, just build a church, you're not going to have this, you know, if you're out to, to, to get a paycheck and do all that, you're not going to have any of this stuff. But if you were really actively seeking to exalt Christ, to reach the unreached, to cross the boundaries and expand the borders of his kingdom without any thought towards what it gets you paycheck wise or, or church wise, um, that that's when it's on. That's when the enemy's threatened. Um, because as soon as it's not about you and it's about him, Satan gets nervous. So you want to talk about things that go bump in the night for the devil. You know, that's what keeps him awake at night. So you'll find there's pushback and I don't understand any of this stuff. Like I don't, I don't understand why that stuff, you know, like what good that does when those things pop off. In, in many cases, it, it has the effect of letting you know, oh, <laughs> we really are in a battle. And, you know, the, the things I think Satan's going to really use for those of you guys that are out there is discouraging thoughts, like particularly right now, the church is poised right now to be more powerful than it's ever been because it has to shift to missional stance or die. So right now, if I were Satan, I'd try to be getting you more scared than ever about being a leader and a pastor. And record numbers of pastors and leaders are quitting and leaving their churches right now during this time and opting for security. Um, it's just a fact. But if, if I'm Satan, I'm scared right now because a church is either going to go mission or die. But anyways, um, so what, what we're supposed to be talking about? Well, I want to know because, you know, our church planners, this isn't like we're not Catholic, right? right. So this is much more, uh, you know, talked about even in the Catholic church than it is in the, uh, in the Protestant church. So what, like if, if one of our church planners is in this same type of situation. Hey, I got something going on in my house. It's not right. I don't understand it, you know, and it sounds like there's some sort of demonic activity going on. What do you do? What do you do? Yeah. And that really, to be honest, that's kind of the, I know as a long setup. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not afraid of someone taking this audio and saying, this dude's crazy. You know, that's fine. There's a lot of stuff I didn't believe in until I became a church planning missionary. I get it. I was a psych nurse. I get it. I was I was in um, exorcisms at a very young age, unfortunately. Um, in my high school groups, first time I ever saw one um, at the church I was at. Uh, it was a little church plant in Westminster, California, Garden Grove, um, which, you know, is right next to Stanton. But um, long story short, when you get called into this, like Pete said, you're not Catholic. Like, where do we draw the line? Like, the, you know, they would call it like a house blessing or a house cleansing. Um, and here's what I know is we, we have no problem 
if you accept exorcisms of people, like people are like, oh, I don't have a hard time with that. But because we don't really have a, um, you know, the, the, the haunting of a place really, um, um, you know, uh, we don't really have the haunting of a place in the Bible that I can think of, you know, um, outlined. We go, well, what is that? Well, all I know is when you take the word, and I got to be careful here because I don't, I want you to hear what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. And my train's coming. So hold on. <laughs> Maybe it's good for me to pause on my thoughts here. Is that train going to be as loud when the, the house is finished? Well, I don't have a door yet, but I've got the insulation in. Okay. I'm just it, curious. It is, I can hear the difference by can the insulation. You? Yeah, but the problem is I don't have um, I don't have the door. Once the door's on, I think that's going to make a really big difference. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, doors kind of do that. <laughs> they do. They do. I've got a board in front of it, but it's not the same, you know. So anyways. Um, I got some butcher paper up over the doorways. <laughs> it's not an open opening or anything, you know. So. You know, like, like for example, where do we draw the line? Um, the word oppression, by the way, um, the, the, the word is actually demonized um, for possession. There is no word for possession and oppression. They're not two distinct words. The word demonized means what it sounds like. It's like you're terrorized by demons. So when somebody is possessed, it's the same uh, Greek word. Um, it, it, it is just one word, demonized. So if you're demonized and you're possessed, that's something we use as a distinction. We can say someone is demonized, like they're, they're being um, oppressed or haunted. You, you could be haunted by a demon. I mean, that's being demonized. It doesn't mean that they've taken control of you. It means you're being oppressed. So like Saul, you would kind of say he was demonized. Um, whether you say he was possessed or I don't, I don't think he was possessed. I think he was, he was demonized. I think he came under the influence of demonic spirits. Um, they influenced him. He, he, he would, David would soothe him and then he would throw the spirit because when David sings of him, he sings of him like he's a believer. So I don't think a believer can ever be fully possessed, but I think they can be influenced. I think being demonized means you can be influenced. So um, there are times where, uh, and that's, and, and I want you to hear what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. Please don't start reading a bunch of theology from your background into this or drawing conclusions. What I've said is very simple because the Bible puts it very simply. Um, it says that a spirit would come and oppress Saul. Um, and, and so that's, and it's the same word. Like I said, it's a, it, obviously that's in Hebrew, but it's the same word translated over um, for possession. And so that's where sometimes people are like, well, believers can be possessed. I don't believe believers can be possessed. I think if the spirit's in you, um, that you cannot be possessed, but you can be oppressed to a greater level um, than, than what sometimes people give credit for. Um, but if the spirit's in you, it's never, you're never going to be um, like a, like a demoniac. That's never going to be true of you. So as, um, as you get called into these situations, this is, this is the reason I went there is to say this family is being demonized. They are being terrorized by demons. And for whatever reason, whether it's a lady next door or whatever, um, there's a couple things when you go do this. Number one, 
um, there's a uh, there's a couple of um, you said we're not Catholics. There's a few things that I do. Number one, um, as a good Protestant believer, um, I do learn from the Catholics. I mean, the Catholics are great because if you're going to talk about somebody you want in your corner in a, in a demonic possession, don't believe the exorcist. When that priest is like, ah, and he jumps out the window, um, A, that never happened. And uh, B, that test that account is taken from three different um, stories. And what what happens with like things like Walter Martin used to talk about the cross and he would say that um, he wore this big cross and people would say, you know, why do you do that? And he's like, well, cause the devil, the devil doesn't like it. Well, the devil doesn't like, I do. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I remember that. And, and so he would wear this giant crucifix at all times. And because he said didn't, the one thing, Dr. Walter Martin, he had, he was taking someone to like, yep. Some psych ward or something like that. Yeah. And the guy's like, I don't believe in this. And they're getting in an elevator. He was doing jail ministry. He was doing jail ministry. And when he was on, ministry. they were in the elevator and they were transporting someone who um, was possessed. And uh, they were like, he said that they were going nuts and yada, yada. And the, and the, the cop had um, recognized him and said, Dr. Martin, I need you to come with us. So they're in the elevator and doctor, the guy says to Dr. Martin, this person's possessed. And I, I think we need your help. Well, see, the story that I remembered, they were in an elevator. Yeah, and, no, I'll get to the, that. The, the guy didn't believe. Right. So there's two cops. No, there's okay. two cops. Okay. So um, so uh, uh, Dr. Martin, as he's in the elevator, he's talking to him and he says, now you're a Christian to the one cop. And he goes, um, he goes what about you? And the guy goes, I'm a Christian. He goes, yeah, I'm a Christian. And the demoniac looks right at him and smiles and goes, no, you're not. (laughs) But didn't the demoniac like all of a sudden say something in like a whole nother voice without the mouth moving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy goes, what was that? And Dr. Martin goes, what you don't don't believe in. in. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the same one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... So anyways, the, uh, the cool thing is, is that, um, when you, when you have something like this, it's an opportunity for the gospel always. So what, what I will be doing is inviting them to believe in Jesus tonight. I will be leading them to Christ. And, you know, I will also be having the goal tonight of, um, exercising this thing out of their house. Now, I don't, I don't stand much of a chance of doing that in a, in a complete way um, if these people don't come to Christ. So uh, what's really important, and I, I'll try to, I'll try to um, make this as clear as I can. Um, if you're not a believer, because I know we don't have a context for doing this in a house, but you will get called into these things. The very first pastoral call I ever had was this, by the way. And I was so scared. And my my pastor at the time, he had done a million. He's like, no, no, he's just go do this. He made it like it was, I was shaking, you know, when I got to the door. I'm like 20 years old, dude, 21 years old and going to do this. It was one of my first pastoral call. And uh, there were these two ladies there. I think they're lesbians. And they're like, help us, you know, nothing happened. I was expecting like things to push out of the wall, like on, you know, Freddy Krueger, Nightmare Before Elm Street. You know, the wall is going to have some face popping out of them and uh, nothing happened. But, um, but what you do is you take oil, you take scripture and you take someone else. You never go by yourself. 
When you take the oil, what you do is you take the oil and you put it over every doorway, right? That's biblical. Um, everything was anointed um, with oil in the Old Testament. That is the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's important to um, lead people to Jesus when you do this. So it becomes an opportunity for lead, leading people to faith. You anoint. Some people take like holy water. I'm not a fan of holy water. I, I respect the Catholics on, on this stuff, but um, I don't. This holy water doesn't mean anything to me, right? The only holy water I know of is the waters of baptism, and it's not the water that's holy. Um, but what a Catholic will do is like pray over the water. But um, but because we've got a biblical mandate for anointing people with oil, I will anoint them with oil upon believing. I will anoint every doorway and say this, this doorway, uh, and I'll pray that God would protect all the coming and goings in and out of that room. And I'll do that room by room. I'll read scripture in every room and I'll ensure that the scriptures that I'm reading have to do with the authority of Jesus, that they have to do with the Lordship of Christ, that they have to do with um, like things like um, uh, Christ triumphing over Satan in Revelation. You know, I'll go straight to those passages like Revelation 12. Um, greater is he who is in you than, than he who's in the world. And I'll go to the hot spot and I'll spend more time there. And, um, in fact, that's, that's usually where, uh, you start is you go straight to the hot spot. So there's two rooms that I've already identified that I'll start in, but you know, first thing you show up, um, you just keep it cool. Don't you be nervous. You're nervous. Everyone's nervous. In fact, I'll tell you, um, like, one week out, the the guy told me, oh, I'll be working late that night. You know, now I know he's not working late that night. All right. Normally he gets off, has a few beers and goes golfing every day. So he's not working late. Um, <laughs> I, I think any any night I had told him, he's scared, right? It's freaking him out. He He's asked me to do it, but he doesn't want to be there. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. And so I've had to push back and say, you have to be there. Like for this to mean anything, you have to be there. Um, and part of it has to do with it, what, what you're doing in this or the reason, and you tell them you have, you have to be followers of Jesus because the authority of Christ in you is what's going to make a difference. This is your home and you must be here, um, with the Holy spirit all around you and, um, within you and you must be the owners. As soon as I'm gone, if you're not following Jesus. It just waits till I'm gone. You know, it doesn't manifest and it takes off. So, um, and, and normally they will fight when they know. So when you're leading the family to Christ, that's when the fight. By the way, whenever a, a demoniac manifests, oh, change the topic for a second. Little she one's walking it. in the room. She can't okay. All right. What are you doing, baby girl? Duh. Hey there. <laughs> She's sneaking in the back for those of you listening to the podcast, oh, <laughs> looking man. sly. So Just anyways, so anyways, um, oh, what was I saying? Um, yeah, so, so it's, it's really, oh, where was I? Where was I? Um, it's really important though to. I think you're talking about how. If you leave, it's just going to come back if yes. you're not following Christ. And yeah, 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 um, yeah. So what I was going to say, this is important. Um, every 
every exorcism that ends up being um, dramatic, it's it's a it's a desperate attempt. What you're seeing is the desperation in the demoniac not wanting to leave. And we see that in Mark, by the way, when Jesus casts out the 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 men that are in the in the prisons or in the uh, graveyard, sorry, uh, shackled, they um, they beg Jesus, please don't. Uh, cast us out. Please let us go into the pigs. There's something about the demoniac um, or the demons themselves where it's traumatic to them to leave. And I, I don't know what that is. We're never told what that is. A lot of people written books and they'll try to explain it to you, which, hey, more power to them for making stuff up. You know what I'm saying? But um, we don't understand it. By the way, I would I would always say on this stuff, the reason I do this podcast is please don't go looking for this. You look for it, you're an idiot, right? But it will find you eventually if you're doing the right stuff. You will have this call and you'll be like, dang it, I remember getting on that podcast and I remember listening to that and Peyton talked about this. And so, like I said, walk into every room, read scriptures, pray, anoint the doorways, pray over them. Um, read scriptures about God's protection. Uh, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Most of your passages, when you read them for the room in general, needs to be about the blood of Jesus, right? It needs to be about the victory of Christ over Satan. Um, those drive them nuts that you are, you are basically, it's like when you have a squatter move in and you show them, no, I own this house, right? Uh, like in Russia where those guys go, no, I own your house. Now I've got the deed. That's what's happening. So you're coming back in going, no, you don't, you, you don't belong here, right? And the family for that to be effective has to be believers, right? Um, so that's, you know, and if things manifest, uh, that will be like the Walter Martin situation where he, the guy goes, what was that? Cause she, when she said, no, you're not. Yeah. She said it in a, in a man's voice. He goes, um, he goes, uh, you know, he says, that's what you don't believe in it. In many ways, it ends up just reinforcing that, Hey, this is Rome. We're not playing games, you know? In the meantime, guys, um, one of the things that's really important to know is leading up to that fasting and prayer, um, is your best friend. Um, I don't think it matters how much you do it. You fast one day a week to prep for it. Um, Jesus said this kind only comes out by prayer. Some versions have fasting added to that. Hey, it can't hurt, right? Whether that's authentic or a later edition, we don't know. Some early manuscripts don't have the word fasting in there, but you pray. That's the way to, uh, to really, because when the disciples couldn't cast out the demon, they're like, Lord, why didn't it work? And he goes, this kind only comes out by prayer, meaning that there are some that are tougher. I have had unsuccessful um, exorcisms, one in Long Beach, where I was on my own. Everybody took off. I'm standing there with this guy. I couldn't do it by myself. Um, I've told that story before. It was the hardest. I actually ended up, um, I won't tell that part of it, because <laughs> then you will think I'm kooky bonkers. That was a new one on me that day, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there. Um, but anyways, the, uh, uh, you know, hopefully that helps you guys. Um, but it's a gospel opportunity. The, the number one thing you want to do is you want to sit them down before, you want to lead them to Jesus, and then you want to go around and do that. I think one of the books that I found most most interesting on this topic is, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, but the book is called Deliver Us From Evil. They made that movie that we saw. You and I saw that movie in the theater. we saw it with Barry, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. And the, the movie has nothing to do with the book. <laughs> like the movie was like, hey, we're just going to make up a story about demon possession and just. Yeah, but they got some stuff book. right. So if they you're ever did. 
if you're ever in an exorcism, it's the first time I've ever seen this in the movie, where right before they manifest, you as the minister get overcome with panic. You all of a sudden start, oh, you don't know what it is. And what it is, is you're sensing something spiritual. It's like this terror and dread, like as if a boogeyman was in your room. That's what you feel. It's before they manifest. Yeah. That's the weirdest thing about it. And in the in that movie, that's the first time I've ever seen that depicted. And every single time, and the priest, remember, because he's a cop, he's and the priest cop. is telling him, overcome it, overcome it. It's not real. It's not real. And he's telling it. And, and when I was in the worst exorcism ever in Long Beach, that hit me so hard. I was immobilized. And that movie portrays that. And I'm telling you what, when, when we saw that movie, I said to you afterwards, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, like you said, the guy's a cop. He's a New York cop. And um, it's a true the, story. The, the book, because this is what he does, like as a side thing, he just is like, no one else does it. So I got to do it. Yeah. And he talks about the team that he puts together. Cause like you said, he doesn't go alone. First one he went into, he didn't believe in it. Is that what it was? I don't even remember yeah. at this point, but one of the things that always threw me when I was reading the book is he would talk about, uh, Oh, this guy over here, he's a psychic. And then I realized later as I went through the book, Oh, what he's saying in the fivefold ministry side, we would call that a prophetic, prophetic person. Yeah. But he's on the Catholic side. So they're just calling him psychic, but he actually doesn't mean psychic. Like you and I would think of psychic No, of someone who's using, you know, the spiritual realm to communicate. That's not what he means at all. He means right. a, a he's prophet. using the language that people would, would know. So right. in prophetic people are very, so we call it the discernment of spirits. So I have it. Um, Jeff, the, yeah. the guy that I served with in um, pillar, in Wales. You got to love it when he comes out here on vacation and you're like, Hey, well, we got to go do an exorcism together. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did, we did a few. Oh, did so, you do a few? I remember you yeah, did the one. We did a few. So I got the one, the guy from corn, um, Brian head Welch had said, Hey, would we made a deal. I know this sounds crazy, but if you ever look at church zero, I kid you not, this is the story behind it. Um, uh, Hannah was in our church. She was like a lesbian that stripper who had, reformed and come to Christ. And, um, at that time she, um, uh, was touring with the whosoever's and, um, he was saying, Oh, I got this guy and I'm pretty sure he's possessed. He wrote me a letter asking for help and, um, I think he's possessed and he's, he's in Burbank. And, um, I don't know who to send. And she goes, my pastor does those. And so, uh, he asked me to do it and I said, I'll do it. Sure. Hey, would you endorse my book? <laughs> <laughs> hey, while we're asking each other things, so if you ever wondered, why is Brian Head Welch from Corn endorsing Church Zero? He actually read it and loved it, but why is he doing that, you know? Um, but anyways, uh, but yeah, like, I kid you not. It's like that scene on Lord of the Rings where when the ring wraith is like there and all the bugs come out of the ground, that's how it was when Jeff was around. People would be drawn like the weirdest thing i've i've never ever seen this you have to be serving with someone who's highly prophetic guys i'm not a kooky bunker crazy guy like i'm saying this stuff and you guys are like yeah i think the jury's out on that now but when you serve with someone who walks heavily in the supernatural demoniacs are drawn to them 
it's weird, man. Like they, you know, and, and here's the thing, maybe it's something like this. When Jesus, when Jesus appears with those guys that the, you know, the disciples come running back down the road repeatedly in the scriptures, including that story, when they see Jesus, they run at him and fall on their knees. And all I'm saying is there's something about when you have somebody like Jeff, he was an old retired church planner that helped me plant pillar. Um, like I said, someone drove to my house that has never before or since driven to my house. Um, when Jeff was here, Jeff was here a week, drove to my house. I remember being so surprised. Like, what are you doing here? Drove from LA down to San Diego when Jeff was here, was totally possessed and said, I just need to talk. Like, what brought that person here? I can't go into more detail, but there was a throwdown. There was a full exorcism in my living room. And, and to the point where I, I was getting kind of worried because it was like they were screaming. And I mean, it was, it was, it was on. And, you know, <laughs> and when, when Jeff and I did this one in uh, Burbank, it was, it was unreal. Because I said to him, hey, I got to go do this exorcism. Want to go with me? He goes, yep, let's go. I go, it's two and a half hours away. You good with that? And he's like, let's go. Let's do it. So we drove all the way out there. And I'll never forget the guy um, telling us how, you know, bull crap. Uh, you know, someone said I had a demon. And it was totally the demon talking the whole time saying, oh, you know, and they tried. Ha, ha, ha. Just mocking. And I'm sitting there going, huh. You know what? Maybe this was a mistake. Maybe we shouldn't be here right now. And I'm telling you, uh, before the end of that night, um, it was on. We, we performed the exorcism in the car. <laughs> I remember you saying that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just I remember crazy. you also said um, your first exorcism when you went with Jeff. You're like, let's pray. And you like, close your eyes, bow your yep. head. And Jeff just goes, Peyton. Open your eyes. Yep. <laughs> Never take your eyes yep. off of them. Yeah, he had he had uh, a demoniac once um, when he was praying, grab a knife, very silently, grab a knife, and uh, that's that's where he <laughs> that's where he got. They say you don't ever close your eyes when you're doing an exorcism. So, man, I'm feeling creepy now talking about this. I've, I feel you know, like I'm not I've because over, I'm not going with you. <laughs> I feel like I've over talked, you know, there's a point at which you can talk about this stuff and it starts giving glory to it. So, uh, Pete, I'm going to do something we don't normally do. And that is let's pray. All right. Father in heaven, we lift up Lord tonight's situation. I know it's after the fact, but I know this family could use every bit of prayer that they could get. And so, Father, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you, in the midst of this conversation and at the end of this podcast on Facebook, that you would glorify your son, Jesus, that you would lift up, magnify, exalt him. Lord, he is the king of kings. He is the ruler, and he has defeated Satan. And Lord, he would bound him in the final day and cast him into the lake of fire. And because of that, Lord, we bow before you. We say, Lord, you were the only one who is worthy to take the scroll and to open it up. You are the potentate of time. You are the eternal ruler, Lord, and we worship you. We magnify you at one word, Lord, Satan cowers. One word, he is snuffed out for all eternity. Lord, one day, death itself will die and Satan will be no more. And so, Father, we pray that even today and tonight, 
And even right now as we're, we're praying, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would fill the room of every person listening, fill the heart, Lord, that they would not look for these overt manifestations, but they would be more sensitive to the subtle schemings of Satan. Lord, the discouragement, the temptations, Lord, the, the, the inner struggles, and they would fight the good fight, Lord, against Satan every day, not being ignorant of his schemes, not being ignorant of his devices. Lord, we pray that as we use the word occult to talk about what is hidden, we know that Satan likes that. We know that he likes to remain anonymous. We know that he likes to hide in the shadows. And Lord, we've brought some of it out in the light, but if we brought a little too much shadow out today, Lord, we ask that your light would shine. And Lord, you would push back the darkness. We lift this up, Father. We thank you that you are a loving Father. You've loved us from eternity. You sent your Son for us. He bled and died. And then you sent your Holy Spirit who indwells us and empowers us, Lord. We are merely vessels. And you, wherever you go, you dispense the fragrant aroma of Christ. And I pray tonight, Lord, that as I go into the house, that you would fill that room with your Son. Fill it with the aroma of Christ. I pray that nothing else, Lord, would do tonight. That it would be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that would have their right and sway over that family and over that house. In the name of Jesus, amen. So, uh, <laughs> How do while, we you're segue? Do- <laughs> while you're doing all these exorcisms, Peyton. <laughs> if only Josh Henry knew. Yes. So, uh, yeah, Pete, you, you know, how do you do your payroll taxes? How do you do your IRS compliancy? How do you do all that? You know, Pete, while I'm making all these house calls, um, it's important to know that, uh, Simplify Church is there for you. They'll actually make these house calls for you. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Simplifychurch.com, you say? <laughs> yes. They <laughs> will I, not make these house calls for you. Well, Simplifychurch.com, will they also do exorcisms? No. Mm. They right. say they do everything, but they don't, Pete. But they don't. There's a but They limit. do almost everything. Simplifychurch.com. They do almost everything. <laughs> <laughs> we just ruined his company's tagline. Oh, no. Simplify Church. We do almost everything. <laughs> but uh, like that stuff with like devils in the houses? No, we won't do that. So... <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love All it. right. Well, hey, guys, thanks for joining us today. I know this has been a, a bizarre um, episode, but it is close to Halloween, right? I mean, can we get away with that, Pete? Sure. We've only done one exorcism episode in hey, the entire history of this podcast. If you don't like the podcast, we'll give you your money back. I remember back in the early days of this podcast, that was our number one downloaded one which isn't why we did it it just happens to be but you know hey i remember jonathan ferguson got in trouble because we put the explicit mark on it and when he downloaded it like sent off his internet (laughs) you know thing to his wife what are you looking at (laughs) he's like it was the church butter podcast i swear we had to let people know don't let your kids listen to this man so we probably should have a disclaimer at the beginning of this one but uh hey i gotta go we're out we'll talk to you guys later bye Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. 
If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Thank you.